Hello and welcome back to the Staffordshire Union of Golf Clubs podcast. My name's Gareth Shaw and today I have the pleasure of being joined again by Development Chair Roger Howarth. Roger, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Just survived a house move this last week, but that's gone all right. Wow, how many boxes did you need to unpack? Were you still unpacking? <laughs> 89. Wow, my goodness. We should be getting tips about house moves from Roger rather than talking about course rating and um, slope today. Um, just to kind of reflect back on the last podcast, first of all, Roger, we had some, some great interactions, great questions. I think it really sparked some some thoughts from people how did you feel it went i was very clear very pleased great to see so many people listening to it and uh, and great to have the questions coming back i think the key sometimes is that it's so much easier to listen to a discussion and understand terminology than maybe seeing an infographic so this is why we're, we're doing this just to educate and support golfers and golf clubs out there of, of staffordshire well lots of people have different ways of, of, of gaining knowledge, don't they? Some people like to read stuff. Some people like to watch stuff. Some people like to listen. So uh, let's hope we're covering all the bases. Definitely. Today's topics, and these are a few kind of topical things that people have, have kind of asked us about and wanted more information around. Course rating, slope rating, and then course difficulty as well. And, and I will, that all integrates into each other. Roger, do you want to kick us off and can I introduce what, what course rating is all about and how you would rate a golf course? Sure. Course rating is uh, originated in the United States. Uh, it's been going there about 30 or 40 years, spread through most of the world, but only to the UK in the last four or five years in preparation for the World Handicap System. Uh, Prior to course rating, setting a standard scratch score for a course in England was partly scientific, partly rule of thumb, but mostly based on how long the golf course is. A great deal as well in relation to what par was. Course rating takes that much, much further. And is it's quite a complicated process, I have to say. I haven't been involved with it for five or six years now. Um, but basically, it takes not only the distance of the golf course, but it also takes into account the difficulty of the obstacles that you face as you play. The obstacles, of course, being water, bunkers, trees, out of bounds, rough, width of fairways, size of greens, sloping of greens, how much bunkering there is around greens. Uh, there are even allowances for things like uh, buggy paths, um, you know, if they're tarmac, uh, in case the ball bounces off them and disappears into the, into the distance from it. The one thing that fascinates me as a, as a sports psychologist is the psychological factor as well that's taken into to, to course rating. That's right. Um, not something that we as course racers actually do, amazingly enough. Uh, we're there just to assess the, the, objective, uh, the objective difficulties as we see them. Mm -hmm. And the system itself then allocates the psychology to it, which is, uh, which is an interesting addition. I mean, essentially, therefore, if you, you stand on a tee, which is a, a daunting tee shot because it's narrow or there are trees or there's water to carry or something like that, um, providing we've scored it highly enough in terms of objective difficulty, there's then a psychology difficulty added to it as well. Really interesting. Is, is the weather taken into consideration as well, Roger? 
Weather is taken into account. Weather and climate are taken into consideration in a couple of ways. Um, firstly, altitude. Mm -hmm. um, amazing enough, because of course uh, there are lots of courses, especially in the United States, where you know if you're five or six thousand feet in the air, the ball goes an awful lot further. Uh, I've, I've, I've played up at um, Incline Village and in, in Lake Tahoe, and it's quite amazing how far you can suddenly hit the ball. Um, so that's one. Uh, the other thing that's taken into account is 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 the nature of the course as well in terms of wind primarily. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you have a links course, for example, there's much greater emphasis placed on the fact that there will be more wind than if you're an inland parkland course. Really interesting. I just, I'm so amazed and astounded of all these parameters, as you said, roll, dog leg, elevation. Um, and with this kind of forced layup, I've, I've heard as well, is that if, if there's a dog leg or there's an obstacle in the way that you physically can't drive over, is that taken into consideration as well? Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's a couple, a couple of things that, 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 that require a as you say, forced layup. One is one is if you've got a dog leg mm -hmm. hole and if you're standing on the tee and potentially you can drive the ball right the way through the dog leg and into the trees or the rubbish at the far end of it. So in that sense, if that's if that's too far, then the course is effectively lengthened by saying that your tee shot can't be as far as it would normally be and it has to go to the middle of the fairway. Um, and the other way in which you can have a forced layup is if you've got water or or a stream or a big ditch or an area of, of, of deep rough or something between you and the and the green, you and the target. And once again, you can't hit a full shot um, uh, to carry the the obstacle. And mm -hmm. um, we need to lay up short of it. What In what way is the, is the course rated and who is it rated for? What type of golfer is it rated for? Okay, courses are rated for two types of golfers. Firstly, the scratch player. That's literally the player who plays off a handicap of zero. And also for the bogey player, as it's described. Now, in gentlemen, that's uh, people with a handicap of 20. And ladies, it's, it's for people who notionally have a handicap of 24. So all the time when we're rating a course, typically we're rating it for men and for women, um, for the scratch player, both men and ladies, and for the bogey player, both men and ladies. What? Ultimately, I know it's, it may be little easier things to discuss, such as maybe length changes and straightness of the golf shot. But what what are some of the things that like key differences that you find when you're rating for those two different types of golfer? Well, the allowance in the system um, is is that all all the different players hit the ball different distances. Mm -hmm. So, for example, the scratch player, and I appreciate modern scratch players probably hit the ball further than this, but you have to have something that's fixed in this whole thing. The scratch player hits the ball. 250 yards uh, on a flat on a flat situation uh, to a flat lie so he will carry the ball 230 yards and then when it lands it will roll 20 mm -hmm. yards now depending if we're going up or downhill those change so if you're hitting the ball uphill the ball carries slightly less distance and it rolls less distance if you're hitting downhill uh, the ball can carry way way further and roll much further as well um, have one hole up at uh, up up in leak uh, at Leak Westwood, which uh, someone, some people will know is uh, is quite a hilly field. Yeah. And uh, I think it's the eighth hole there. I think we we reckon that the scratch player will hit the ball just over 300 yards, typically down that mm -hmm. hole, because it's a huge, great big downhill, and then it runs as well. It's, it's so difficult, isn't it? Because I think a lot of golfers think that they hit the ball further than they actually do. 
Um, and I remember speaking to Gemma Hunter around this at England Golf, and like you said, it depends your you, you climate and it depends of your altitude and elevation as well. So yeah, we we need to have a constant, don't we, when we're when we're rating a golf course and a figure that we're we're actually rating to. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you could say, as I, as I mentioned, that the scratch player probably does a typical scratch player probably does hit the ball further than two hundred and fifty yards. Um, but providing on every golf course you go to, you make the assumption that the scratch player is going to hit it that far, then you get a fair measure of the degree of difficulty from one course to another. What kind of equipment do the raters use when they're out on the golf course? Well, that's quite exciting. One of the things I've been doing in my, my house move, we, we came across a whole pile of kit that they first gave me back in 2015, including one of these wheels that you roll along that uh, that shows you how far you've gone. I don't know if you're oh, a little trundle trundle wheel, are they? Yeah, that's right. Brilliant. Well, that's gone in the bin now, of course, because everybody uses nowadays. We use a laser, which is yeah. fine. Uh, um, so um, we take two two bits of kit on the golf course. Really, everybody tends to take a laser. Everybody in the team tends to take a laser, um, and then obviously the GPS watch that most people have as well. So uh, those those are the primary ways in which we we measure distances. We measure height in bunkers, for example, though, uh, the depth of a bunker around a green, which is one of the things we need to do, uh, usually by having somebody go and stand in it and see if we can see the top of their head. <laughs> Brilliant. With the, with the team and, and the kind of the over 18 holes, how long does it usually take to rate a golf course? Well, to gather the data, it takes about four hours, about the speed of a four ball. Mm-hmm. Usually it's a team of three or four people with a couple of buggies and off we go and we go to the first tee. We have a look, from the, make some assessments from the first tee and then we drive to each of the places where the people are going to hit the ball. The scratch player is going to hit the ball. The bogey player is going to hit the ball. The leggy scratch player is going to hit leggy bogey players. And when we get to each of those points all the way around the golf course, we take measurements. How wide the fairway is, how far away the trees are, how close they are to bunkers, is there water? Uh, are there slopes and bumps and hollows in the fairway? Is it uphill? Is it downhill? All sorts of things like that. And we do that for every place that the golfer is going to hit the ball as they go around the golf course. And then mm-hmm. at each green, we measure how big the green is, what the slopes on the green are like, uh, how much bunkering it has. Is there water around the greens? Is there out of bounds? Is there you know, all the other factors that you can that you can think of? And we do that for each fairway, each green, 18 holes, takes about four hours to gather that data. It's quite a lot of numbers that we end up with. Um, wow. What then <laughs> happens is, is that the poor old team leader takes all that data away and enters it into uh, what I always think is, is the world's most complicated spreadsheet that I've ever seen. <laughs> that, that process typically takes two or three days to get done. Wow. And then it's sent off to be checked, and uh, we, I have a, a, a very efficient and, and highly qualified supervisor who looks at the work that I do when I produce one of these ratings and tends to come back with about three pages of questions or checks and things that I've got wrong. Um, we tend to have some discussion about whether I'm right or she's right. She's usually is. Um, and we make the changes, and eventually we get a rating submitted. All in all, to get a full rating done with a typical sets of tees, you know, that's three or four or five or six different tees, um, takes about a week's worth of work. It's about mm-hmm. 30 or 40 hours worth of work. 
And for the, the kind of beginner golfer or new to golfer, what does that then tell us about each hole? What does that give us? Okay, well, they give us essentially is, 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 is crudely how difficult the golf course is going to be to play. Mm-hmm. Um, expressed in, in two ways. Firstly, how difficult the scratch player is going to find the golf course to play. And secondly, how difficult the bogey player is going to find the golf course to play. They're the two key things that we find. Do you know the most difficult golf course in Staffordshire to play on and against course rating? The t- toughest course in, in, in Staffordshire? Yeah, am I allowed to say that? Isn't that political? <laughs> I don't know. It might um, stir up some discussion, which we, which we don't mind. A little bit of discussion. Well, <laughs> excuse me. There are two <clears throat> which come pretty close. Uh, I don't think either would be particularly a surprise. Um, the hardest course relative uh, to par for the scratch player is Baudelaire. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> not, not much of a surprise there. Um, Claire, very, very closely followed by the Highgate course at Enville. Again, very, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Beautiful golf they're, course they're, is very tough. They're, they're probably the two the two golf two toughest golf courses for the scratch player. Um, what then happens, of course, is, is that we then worry about how well the bogey player is going to find the course to play. Uh, yeah. And that's when this wonderful word of slope, which lots of people have heard of, comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, we have two numbers to start with. We have a, a number for the scratch player, how many shots they need, and we have a number for the bogey player, how many shots they need. And basically what the system does is to join up those two, those two points on a graph, and we get something that, that takes from one to the other, and we call it a slope, which is probably quite a good thing to do, as it's a fairly natural expression of what it looks like. And so anybody who's... Um, um, not a scratch player or not a bogey player can look at that line and see where they fit on it. And that's what slope is from the difference between what the scratch player will play and what the bogey player will play. So you'll ultimately you'll find your, your handicap along there or your, your, your slope rating along that, that graph. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. I think, I think from what I've heard and what I've read in the media, I think this is the most confused topic in terms of WHS and the, the, the steps that are going to happen on the 2nd of November. Do you agree? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, everybody's been used to the idea that my handicap is this. You know, I know what it is. I know exactly what it is, and it's going to be that number wherever I go. Well, in the World Handicap System, that changes. And your handicap now is becomes a handicap index, which is a kind of base handicap. And then you adjust that for every course wherever you go. Now, when you start to think about it, that is so much fairer than the old system. You know, because when I go to the tough courses in Staffordshire, to Beaudesert and to Enville and the like, I play them, especially if you're going to play them in an event off the back tees, then boy, I want, yeah. I want, I want a bit more, a few more shots, thank you very much, because they're tough golf courses. Yeah, exactly. And I think that'll, that'll in turn help the enjoyment and hopefully people won't avoid going to some of those difficult golf courses because they know that they're going to get a few extra shots and hopefully enjoy it a little bit more as well. Oh, absolutely, and it makes it, it makes it fairer for everybody. How does then course difficulty come into this, Roger? What, what's the, the kind of next steps for that? Okay, the thing, the thing that, 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 that many people think is that the course difficulty is just a function of the slope rating. 
you know, so people say, oh, my slope rating is 133, I think it is, at Bodies there. And Enville, the slope rating on the Highgate course is, I think, 137. Therefore, the, the, the Highgate course is more difficult than the bow. That's, that's not quite right, because um, it's the difficulty that the scratch player has as well, which has to be taken into account. So it's not just a question of, of the steepness of the line that the slope is. It's a question of where it starts. Um, so a bow, for example, uh, sorry if we keep banging on about bow desert, but it's a wonderful golf course. Um, par is 70, but the scratch rating is 72.4, if my memory is right. It's 2.4 shots harder than par. Uh, whereas at Enville, um, if I remember right, the the uh, par is 72 and the scratch rating is 73.7. So it's 1.7 shots harder than par for the scratch player. That means for the scratch player, bow is the tougher course, 2.4 yeah. as opposed to 1.7. Yeah, You then take the slope from that point and take them upwards. And whilst the slope at Enville is, is, is harder, in other words, the bogey player finds it more, more difficult relative to the scratch player, um, the lines actually never cross. And, and bow is always ever so slightly the hardest course. That really makes sense. And I think hopefully people listening out there will, will get that a little bit more. And, and what we would say is go and play them. Go and find out for yourselves <laughs> as well. Go and go and visit these beautiful golf courses that we have on our doorstep. Well, absolutely. Yes. Yes, that's right. I mean, you know, let's hope that uh, that, that people realise that, uh, you know, we've got these these fantastic golf courses of, of relative difficulty um, and they can go test themselves. I know one of the aims of, of WHS as well is to is to get people out of their home clubs and get them to travel and play other clubs. Do you think it'll help, Roger, the, the new system, the new approach to get people to play different golf courses? Well, I, I hope so. Um, especially uh, if people do when they go to play in society days and things like that, and we, and we go off to these other wonderful golf courses, if the society organisers make the decision, which they'll be free to do from next year, to say, well, when we have a society day, we're going to make this a qualifying score. Um, and that, that, will, that will really help. And, and the more people base their handicap on more different courses, the better their handicap will reflect their ability to play and the fairer it will be for everybody. I, I totally agree. I think when, when I've played in society days and, and captain away days and things like that, and it, it hasn't had enough competition feel for me, if that makes sense. Whereas if it was a, a qualifying score and, and I knew it was going to be counting towards my, my index, I'd be like, brilliant. This is, this is, this is just taking it to the next level. Mm, that's right. And from, from golfers I've played with also that they don't have enough playing opportunities or don't put themselves under pressure of competition and get used to that feeling of having that scorecard in their hand and, and playing competitively. So I think hopefully it'll help people's um, maybe nerves and anxieties over having a scorecard in their hand as well. That's right. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a golfer that suffers dreadfully from that. You know, you put a scorecard in my hand and all of a sudden it's like my whole balance of my golf swing has been disturbed by the weight of this piece of paper in my back pocket. It's ridiculous. Um, I, would, I, I, I will be, I hope, far better off when I get used to the idea that most of the times I go out to play, I'm actually registering the score. It just takes mm -hmm. pressure off a bit. 
and I think that's just gonna it's gonna help. And I, the more we talk about it, the more I read about it, the more hopefully people out there listening and hear and read and discuss, um, they'll, they'll have a greater understanding. And, and we're not gonna stop. We're gonna keep educating and keep supporting golfers and golf clubs of, of Staffordshire. Roger, thank you again for today. Absolute fountain of knowledge. I hope everybody out there has has appreciated Roger's Roger's insight and time into putting this podcast together with myself. What we would encourage, if you've got any questions, um, please put them in the in the comment boxes below. Um, and if any other subject matter concerning World Handicap System you'd like us to discuss, please again don't hesitate to to contact us. Roger, thank you for your time. My pleasure again. Thank you everybody for listening. And we'll see you again soon. Indeed. Thank you. Bye-bye.